on our last opportunity to talk, we discussed the, some of the things that are in the forefront of institutional racism in the criminal justice system. And so I want to get specific this time to kind of zero in on some of the issues that start at the beginning of that process, such as the trial. Our advocacy group was created to follow these issues from start to finish. And we, while we have the opportunity to come in and fix, to find, to do research in the in the times after the trial, when we find them early enough to where we're able to intercede and intervene, that's where we would really prefer because we have everything there, all the moving pieces that are necessary for us to effectively advocate. At a trial, you have the judge, you have the prosecution, you have the public defender and or their attorney, and you have the jury. Each one of those components have their own mentality. And what is said and what is done or how the system is built itself can affect the outcome of that trial. According to Lynch, the criminal justice system was not built for people of color, not for the benefit of people of color. Therefore, how can we expect that when someone of color is being, is in trial, that their interests are going to be the priority? If it's true that you're innocent until proven guilty, then shouldn't the system be working for you and not against you? According to Hodge, it is beneficial to the government that people of color are in jail, are in prison, are incarcerated because it's economical, it's capitalism. So we are pawns. We are sold. How the system sees us is as if we were coins. It's important for us to understand what it is that we mean by that. With the privatization of the prison system, these different private prisons. And all these different stakeholders within the, the court system, the lobbyists, there's money to be made. And it's easier to look away when it's a person of color who doesn't have the appropriate counsel who has to deal out of trial or plead out of, out, of, out of court. You know, 
Naveen in his article stated if there's no one that fights for the cause of the people of color at the moment of the trial at what point does that happen And you have to kind of look around and you have to see how it ha- how a court plays out. You have the DA, the prosecution that's presenting their court, their case to the ju- to a jury of their peers. Yet when you look across a jury of their peers, is never truly someone that looks like them. Now, we can get into numbers and data and decide, you know, that that is the case because they don't participate. But according to Hodge, juries are not diverse enough. And that's important to understand because without diversity in a jury, then how can you claim that that is a jury of my peers? It's not. So you don't have anyone advocating for you that is supposed to be judging you, but their responsibility, yes, is to determine if someone is guilty or not. But at the same time, if they have their bias or if they have their mentality because they don't look like me, then how would they have the best interest, not just of me, but of the court itself? If it's not something that they're invested in or if the issue or the or the reason that why the, the you know, the person is in front of the judge, the judge himself. What are his policies? What are his beliefs? What are some of the things that he considers to be important? These public defenders overworked. They see more people of color than they do anyone else. They're assigned and they have so many cases, a a caseload that is way too heavy. According to Brewer and Heightbridge, there's just not enough. There's not enough public defenders. They're underpaid and overworked. That when some of these cases reach their desk, they're ill-prepared. And that's already something that works against us. That leads to us taking deals, taking plea deals, then maybe we didn't have to. 
And that is one aspect of how institutional racism affects us. Institutional racism in the prison system is something that has been addressed for many years without action. Our advocacy group is here to provide the space and the opportunity for those like me who will do the work, who will research, who will meet with policymakers, who will demand that these prisoners of color be given the opportunity to have a fair experience in jail or prison, to have a fair trial, to have adequate counsel, to get fair punishment and sentences, and for their jury to be selected in a fair manner as well. For many years, we have seen that people of color have gone to jail for crimes that other people that are not of color normally get parole or probation or simply a slap on the wrist. Meanwhile, we're thrown in jail and the key is thrown out as well. This is a way to keep people of color in line to limit the progression that people of color can have. By creating this glass ceiling, they're not able to rehabilitate and become part of society again, to be productive. Instead, it's a hindrance. It's understandable that people who commit crimes should pay their legal price. But it should be fair. It should be equitable. It should be the same for the white man. It should be the same for the black man. It should be the same for the Hispanic man or any man. This system was created many years ago when the advancement of colored people was not the priority of the government. So it makes sense that it's difficult 
to navigate it when a crime has been committed. At that point, the offender becomes a victim too. And at what point are we going to advocate for those people whose rights are removed because they made a mistake in their lives? Not everyone in jail is there for violent crimes. Therefore, it's possible that if they make a mistake, they can rejoin society and become productive. And that is where we are trying to bridge a gap to assure and reassure our community that our people are receiving a fair treatment a fair trial, a fair punishment, and adequate counseling. 